your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here with episode 53 of the Free Parking Podcast, uh, alongside my co-host, Bush. Deaver, my technologically advanced friend, how are we doing tonight? Can you believe this? So the past couple of days might have been quiet on the Free Parking Insta social pages because my co-host here was kind enough to help me set up my custom-built PC. Hopefully now I'll be soaring at the speed of light, editing videos, posting stuff on all of our social feeds, cutting down a ton of time, which means more content to put out. Exactly. All the listeners out there, guys, we did, I called it telemed. Yeah. I don't remember me texting you and saying telemed, but literally I, so I've, I'm pretty, you know, PC guy, love building, love disassembling, et cetera. So I'm like, Deves, listen, man, this is going to be life-changing for you and literally life-changing. And so we went on Amazon, we picked out all the parts that we knew would make Deavers set up cream of the crop because Deavers our video guy, Deavers our editing guy. You know, he's, he's a guy who really pumps out a lot of that main page content. So we found all the parts, he orders them. They come in a week and a half later and we literally were on FaceTime. We've probably been on FaceTime the last three days for probably every bit of six to seven hours we facetime more in the past three days than i've slept and that's a fact yeah. like i think that's a cold hard fact yeah i've been a mac guy my entire life um was struggling i was struggling like i was driving with my laptop open next to me not touching it obviously but to export some of the videos like for fundies podcast if you guys haven't checked out uh the hot corner exporting some of those clips it was taking hours on end i'm now you'd say how fast how much faster compared to that? We were talking about it this morning via text on our way to work because I'm just as fired up about it as you are. Deaver now has the power of four of his Mac laptops. At least. At least. Minimum. At least. In one PC set. Just quick text specs. 32 gigabytes of RAM. A terabyte of SSD. The AMD 9, top of the line, ranked the highest CPU possible you can get on the market right now is currently in this guy's rig. It is so exciting, man. And I can't wait to see... As the days go by, what you decide to improve, add, take away, it, dude, it's a constant project, and I think you're really going to love it, man. We won't nerd out on you too much. Bottom line, more content, better content. Uh, there's a flashing blue spinning fan in this thing. It's kind of cool, and uh, I'm going to be calling you you that much more uh, every time that there's an error message that pops up on this thing because it's, uh, it's your pet project, too. You spent a lot of my money, so... <laughs> you spend true. a lot of, you're good at that you are yeah. so good at spending my money brother i tell <laughs> people i tell people I, say, I can't go shopping with that kid i cannot <laughs> go shopping with that kid new, okay, with new pair of oakley's new yeah. hockey jersey whatever it may be can't you don't regret it though you i mean it's only, great you, stuff you can't take it to the grave you only live once we we get it we get it we get it, get it. so with that uh you know what i will take to the grave i will take to the grave uh a steelers first round play playoff exit Wow, you you really went right in. Went, went, yeah, pretty morbid, pretty fast. Wow, that got ugly quick. On Sunday, as we said in episode 52, I thought that the Steelers' opponent, uh, you know, matchup versus the Cleveland Browns was all but a lock, like most of the nation did. Mm-hmm. Started off first play, 
and it never really stopped. They had a shot there at the end. Honestly, the score looks closer than the game itself, 48 to 37. And as a diehard, I really thought that they had every chance in the world to still come back. But when you throw away 14 points that early in a playoff football game, fans or no fans, it's really hard to come back on. And it's a shame at, it's a shame of who the mistakes were, were by because these are cornerstones of the team, leaders, true leaders of the team uh, that are on their last ride, possibly, and we'll talk about it in a second, but tr- truly on their last whim. And to go out like that, if that's how they truly do go out, as in Big Ben Roethlisberger and Mar- Marquise Pouncey, it sucks. that that Because I know the Steelers will be fine. That's how I was able to cope on Monday, is that the team will be fine. We're the if not one of the top three organizations in football top 10 organizations i'll say in professional sports five bottom line from ownership to management to the business side to the football side i love what they do there and i trust them with all my heart truly i would i would trust them with my firstborn i think they're going to be fine here on out right they're still a good football team mike tomlin hasn't had a losing record we're keeping mike tomlin he's going to stay on board They, they don't get rid of head coaches um, if, if, uh, Colbert doesn't move, which is the general manager, he's had a couple of interviews, uh, or quote unquote reported interviews with the Detroit Lions GM position, et cetera. Anyway, if this core stays as, as the Pittsburgh Steelers do, they'll stay the course. But what sucks is that a couple guys might not be with us next year or the year after that. And it's turning the tides for the Steelers. I heard a quote throughout the week after the Steelers loss that, Good players make bad mistakes at crucial times, very rarely. And unfortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers this past week, it was in the first five minutes of the game. First five Uh, seconds. First five seconds of the game. And Deves, I hate to see your team go out like that. I have nothing against the Pittsburgh Steelers whatsoever. I did choose the Browns to win this game. I still am choosing the Browns minus three, uh, actually minus two and a half against the Chiefs. Um, I'm very confident. Caution went hot. And, you know, Deeves, I truly, truly am sorry about your Steelers, but I'm truly, truly excited about my Browns, man. That's the craziest part about the entire thing, too, is as I'm – my jaw's on the floor watching the entire game is I'm like, that son of a bitch was right. That (laughs) son of a bitch was right. He he had it as as they get first down after first down, chunk yard after chunk yard. Baker Mayfield playing confident. And like you said, when they get hot, caution while hot, he was, as he said in the past – feeling pretty spicy or woke up feeling dangerous. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Steelers gave a lot of that momentum away early in a playoff game with Baker Mayfield's first ever playoff game. But once that started rolling, that's why I'd be worried truly if I was the Kansas city chiefs. Now we've mm-hmm. blown up Bundy's phone and we want to keep telling him and he, he doesn't want to believe it because obviously the defending Super Bowl champions with the best football player on the face of planet earth with Patrick Mahomes. But as we've said, the past Several weeks on this podcast, once those teams line up, face mask to face mask, cross the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. records go out the window, especially in the playoffs. So I don't know, Browns minus two and a half is what I'd be putting my money on, but I would be interested in Browns plus 10, I believe, which the line is at. Right. So the Browns, brother, dude, I have a couple things regarding the Chiefs. And they're pretty obvious. And somebody with a little more knowledge would probably fight the hell out of me when I say these two things here. But Chiefs coming off a bye week. Yes, they are a very well-disciplined team. Very, you know, got a 
prior MVP candidate, Super Bowl MVP, whatever you want to say. Coming off a of bye week, right? The other thing about the Chiefs is that they don't have a good defense, and the Browns just put up 50, just shy of 50 points against mm-hmm. arguably the number one defense in the league. Mm-hmm. If the Browns can bring to the table against the Chiefs this week the same offense that they brought to the table against the Pittsburgh Steelers, my friend, we could see – an extremely high scoring game in this one, because you already know the chiefs are going to get a lot of points, but if the Browns can bring that offensive firepower that they brought against the Pittsburgh Steelers, geez, I, I anticipate this chiefs Browns game to be an absolute shootout. You know what I'm kind of picturing it as what was it? Three, two or three years ago, it was chiefs versus Rams on either Monday night or Thursday night football. I believe it was Monday night football. Do you remember that Thursday game? That night. Was, it Thursday, was Thursday night, night football. and it was like yep. 56 to 52 at the end of I'll it. I'll never forget it. I really think that from, from your commentary, honestly, you're, you're persuading me and, and look at, look at the, look at the Browns young quarterback, like Jared Goff, the Rams at the time Rams had a decent defense at the time. So do the Browns. Rams had a couple good young wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and a couple of those guys. And, Browns have and know, a great running game with Ty Gurley. Then these guys dude. even more so with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I said to I said to funny the other day. Uh, this is a ghost of Kareem Hunt game. This is a Kareem Hunt revenge dude. game. I know. I mean, I know he made some awful, terrible yeah. game decisions, but yeah, he can run the he can run the rock. I am truly sick of people saying this is going to be a blowout because when you really look into it thieves i know they're the browns i know they're nameless gray faces i know the browns are the browns but are they they are beat they? the steelers at home without a head coach like when, when are we gonna start there when are we gonna start thinking about them they're they're they went 11 and 5 you're right when are we gonna start something's thinking about there. them something's, something's there. there and i'm excited to see it honestly mm-hmm. i kind of want that to be the game of the week i don't know if it's going to be the game of the week next week but, mm-hmm. but i want it to be so you talk about the Browns, your picks, man, they're still in play. They're still riding high. Browns are moving on the next round. And so are the Buffalo Bills behind Josh Allen's first win against Old Man Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, absolutely. So the Bills, man, are looking absolutely incredible. And not only is this the Bills' first playoff appearance in 25 years, this is also Josh Allen's first playoff win ever. So what we need to look at here is – Lamar Jackson's first ever playoff win ever and Josh Allen's first ever playoff win ever. These two young quarterbacks are going to be absolutely going after it. Okay. They're going to absolutely be going after it. And one of their dreams is going to die in their first ever major playoff run here. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the bills in subsequent years from now will probably still be the marquee team of the uh, AFC East East. Thank you very much. And, um, and Deeds, I'm looking forward to which in my opinion, once again, the, any game the Ravens are in in these playoffs, I think are probably going to be the games of the week because you just don't know what the Ravens are going to bring to the table. And you kind of have an idea of what their opponent's going to bring. You didn't know what the Titans were going to bring. You don't quite know what the Bills are going to bring, even though they have an MVP candidate quarterback. I think this is going to be the game of the week, even though just like you, I want the Browns and Chiefs. Looking at the two as well, Josh, if, if I had to pick tomorrow, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, you know who I'm picking. I'm picking Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen is almost the the next level. If you unlock the next level of Lamar Jackson, actually probably two levels up. You got first off, I I believe the, the size, which all revolves around the arm, and and Josh Allen's Josh Allen's arm being able to sit in the pocket, throw the ball down the field for productive chunk yards while he also can run like Lamar Jackson. I mean, what was it, two last year? 
Josh Allen was one of the number one leading rushers in, in the league. I mean, he did it in the playoff game against the Colts. He, he took one in himself for probably 50, uh, it was like 12 or 15 yard rush. Mm-hmm. So I think that if the Bills play their game, you'll see that level up of Josh Allen to Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and that extra, you know, the extra skill unlocked in that next level of video game that Josh Allen kind of has where mm-hmm. I feel like Lamar Jackson's kind of one D and especially when he gets in a situation where, you know, tough playoff environment playing against a team, he, um, you know, he needs to win against he'll tuck the rock a little bit more and start running and their offense will kind of shrink down to that one D style. So anyway, I like the bills. The connection between him and Diggs is very strong, very strong right now. And I think the Titans were frauds. So uh, you want to know one more thing about the bills that I really like to, I saw a video that came out as one of their players was interviewing all the other guys. Like if you had a sister, who's one guy you wouldn't want them to date on our team. And it was just like those funny locker room interviews. And every single player was like, Diggs, I wouldn't want Diggs to date my sister. And they're all going around trashing him. And then Diggs gets on the interview. And for lack of better words, he didn't actually say this, but you know, paraphrasing Diggs, just long story short goes, yeah, me. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so they all, they all kind of have, uh, you know, a really good locker room chemistry. You saw him dancing pregame too. You saw yeah. him dancing pregame yeah. too. I get exactly what you're saying. It's all that stuff you can't overlook, especially at this stage of the game in a very important playoff game, locker room stuff goes a long way. So I like the bills in the Ravens game. I like the Browns in the chiefs game. My other team that I picked the Washington football team is Dunzo. And the Washington football team is Dunzo due to, a heroic effort, a heroic effort out of the quarterback, Sam, Sam Heineke. Is it Sam? Yes. Sam Heineke. Yes. I feel like the entire nation, it wasn't like the Washington football team that night. It was probably like the everybody but the Buccaneers football team that night because the display Heineke was putting on, there was one clip of Brady after Heineke, uh, it was his rushing touchdown, I believe, when he dove for the pylon. Mm-hmm. Brady turns around, who is that guy? What is going on? And that's what we were always saying is what is going on? I know all of our uh, Washington football team, fan followers were drinking Heineken's that night because I guess when he was playing with the Carolina Panthers that was his nickname from Cam Newton okay journeyman had some time in the XFL with the Roughnecks I believe or the night the Battlehawks the Battlehawks was an epic clip of him smashing the Bud Light Seltzers after a XFL win that was kind of like their gimmicky thing um but obviously father time the greatest of all time too much Gets the job done. Gets the absolute job done. Truly betting against Tom Brady or any team that he's on is like betting against Alabama in the national championship game. RIP to Bryce's $400 that he lost. We'll talk about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I was really upset to see that one go. I thought that would have been a really cool storyline, especially for the 2020 season where we saw plenty of downturns, COVID strikes, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And you know, I really would have liked to have seen the Alex Smith redemption. Yeah. It's unfortunate he was unable to play. I made my prediction with the assumption that Alex Smith was behind the wheel of that car. Um, and you know what? I'm kind of glad I stuck with it because Sam Heineke kind of proved himself. And I hope the guy gets a contract, man. I think he, I think he deserves it after what he put on. Some of the other quarterbacks that have been thrown out there this year. Yes, I hope he does get a mm-hmm. backup or a th- yeah. at least a third string contract somewhere because. Yeah. I know a lot of a lot of teams need it. You know what, man? We should have plugged. Um, actually, one last point about Tom Brady is I said that the Browns and Chiefs game wasn't truly my game of the week. You know, it's truly my game of the week. It is my least favorite team in football. 
maybe one of my least favorite teams in professional sports, the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the New Orleans Saints, they roll against the Bears. Obviously, my hatred didn't work enough for the W. They play the Buccaneers at home. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, their last time playing each other. Like, that's a fact because I think Drew Brees is done. Their last time playing each other. I don't know how many points you're going to get put up because both of them aren't what they used to be. If this matchup was eight years ago, we'd be talking about Super Bowl potential, which we, it's, you know, it still has. Right. Um, I'm excited for that one. Very excited for it. I saw a couple of graphics where it's like, you know, being aired on the History, History Channel. Channel. They got the beards going. Yo, that couldn't be more disrespectful to our uh, TB12 over there. As a 40-plus-year-old who is playing like he's 35, man, Dude, the guy hasn't skipped a beat. Doesn't matter how old he is. Drew Brees can visually and and in his athletic ability see that he is aging and that he is done. Tom Brady, on the other hand, he shouldn't be thrown into that category. Yeah, his age is up there, but the guy eats like an like eats like a a healthy animal and just works out all the time. I mean, dude, Brady should not be bearded on the History Channel. I think that's very disrespectful. We're talking about that game being broadcast on the History Channel. How did we forget that the Saints-Bears game was broadcasted on Nickelodeon? So I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch. I know everybody I knew was basically watching the game on Nickelodeon side-by-side with CBS. Nick put on their first-ever NFL playoff game stream. Um, Nate Burleson was one of the commentators along with two other Mm -hmm. other – I think uh, it was interesting. It was very nostalgic as much as the the whole premise of – Bears Saints on Nickelodeon was to grow the game with the younger generation. And I think it did a great job at that. You know, they had the, what was it? Um, the big bang theory kid talking about the rules. They broke down, you know, the first down line, different penalties. They explained it for the younger generation, but there was a bit of nostalgia for, especially that millennial demographic, the 1990 birthday, you know, to 1990 to 2000 birthday that grew up in the age of the early on SpongeBob. I mean, before the pregame show, I believe it was like the first half hour. It was the top 10 SpongeBob scenes of all time, which we were five, six, seven years old watching those for the first time. So yeah. as much as it was for the kids, it was kind of for us too. And I, th- I, th- oh, I think yeah. we agreed. It, it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun. I only stayed for half. I only stayed for half. I can only do half. Mm-hmm. The commentary is a little, little cheesy sometimes, but other than that, it was it was kind of cool. The slime zone. What'd you think of the slime zone, Bush? I could only stay for the first touchdown. Uh, that was to it. On- yeah, to be honest with you, it was just way too much going on for me. I'm you know I'm not a yeah. traditionalist when it comes to athletes. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to the broadcast because mm. I, I do like a nice crispy clean broadcast. Mm. Great announcers, mm. just a nice good looking production piece, mm. and that was like lime green, orange, mm-hmm. the colors of the bears, the colors of the saints. Mm-hmm. I literally told everybody I was watching with, I said, you guys, I'm getting a headache watching this. Like yeah. I need to go back to the end dude. When I went back to the original, it was like, Whoa, man, yeah. like, I'm chilling now. So I stayed with the first touchdown to answer your question. Slime zone. Pretty cool, man. Uh, and to be honest, I thought it was a little bit of false advertisement. If you look at the, uh, did you agree? Truly thought they were getting slimed. Like me too. Truly me thought too. they were getting yeah. slimed. Yeah. I really thought they were getting slimed. Yeah. I don't so know. When it was, it was like the weird. CGI slime, like sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they slimed Sean Payton in the locker room post game. I thought they were gonna do it on the field. Give me a mm-hmm. little something more. Pretty sure one of the players turned it down. Um, Greg Olson yeah. left the stadium post game as soon as he made that last touchdown. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So the other thing too, you know how they have those Snapchat filters where it's live and like you see it in, in like uh, a major stadium where they'll do a yes. bunch of fans and yep. it puts something over their face. Yep. Well, in the advertisement of this Nickelodeon game, I was under the impression that Drew Brees was stepping up to the line with a Sandy Cheeks helmet on and like playing with that the whole time. Likewise. Likewise. And it wasn't really like that at all. The way they advertised it truly made it seem like they were going to like CGI a bunch of stuff. And, and even pregame, they had like Drew Brees having a catch on the sideline with that, with the Sandy Cheeks helmet did. on. They had somebody they else. I forget what else the other guy, maybe like the SpongeBob tie. I forget what yeah. else they had on, but, but mm-hmm. yeah, truly. It was a little too cheesy. Nate Burleson, if you guys have noticed, he talked about recess. His metaphor the entire time was about recess. Hmm. It, it was, he was like, he's like the kid at recess that <laughs> Alvin Kamara is like the kid at recess that. Yeah. Taysom Hill's the kid at recess that. Can Try to relate re- to that crowd. That those yeah. Guys. But like yeah. after like the seventh recess comparison of the kid that got picked last <laughs> in kickball, like, like you and, and the Taysom Hill, <laughs> like the, the Swiss army knife. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It was Anyway, yeah, the SpongeBob field goal could even laughed at the end. Little, huh? little Yo, the SpongeBob field goal though. I watched the, after that first touchdown. I looked at the field goal post. SpongeBob's face wasn't in it. Uh, it was a normal field goal post. Maybe once again, a little false advertisement. False advertisement. Yeah. All right, we should have previed this in the beginning of the podcast. I don't know why we didn't, but if our listeners have been listening to us, like our listeners do over the past couple of weeks, they would know that this was going to come up. They would know from the, the the intro song that this is what this episode was going to be about. Not the Steelers versus the Browns, not the slime zone, but we're going to get into it outside of the NFL playoffs with probably one of the most shocking pieces of news in the past month, especially after where we've been led, is that Doug Peterson has been fired as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Parted ways. Mm-hmm. mutually agreed upon allegedly Doug wanted out and for very good reason because the Eagles organization from the front office up is in absolute shambles disarray and they have no direction or idea as to what they want to do Deaver they have absolutely no clue Jeffrey Lurie's interview that he had on the radio the other day was one of the most abysmal things I have ever possibly heard. Defending Howie Roseman time after time, question after question, when asked, will you hold your GM accountable for the basically misses that he has had in the last two drafts by passing up on DK Metcalf, by passing up on Justin Jefferson and taking two other draft picks that have not panned out so far since we've had them. And Jeffrey Lurie sits there and and accepts it and says, you know, it's okay. And then here's the other thing, Deebs. What owner, what owner of an NFL team on this planet wants to win in the future and not win this next coming season? Because Doug Peterson wanted to win a Super Bowl next year if he could. But Jeffrey Lurie's vision for this team was to win down the line, build up. Build up. I want to be good in the next two to five years. No, I want to be good next year. And that's what Doug wanted to do. There was a, dis- there was a disagreement on that front, Deaver. And I could not be happier for Doug Peterson to have left that organization to succeed in another organization, which he will because he's an absolutely incredible coach. He's an incredible leader of men. People look up to him, respect him. And honestly, honestly, 
congratulations to Doug Peterson. On <laughs> yeah. Out. I was going to bring that up as a part of mine as well. Very well said. Honestly, we should start a podcast together because I agree with everything you just mentioned. Uh, we should look into that. Yeah. Good for Doug Peterson. Good for Doug Peterson to get out of there. You mentioned in, in that tirade that uh, Doug Peterson wanted to win now. And that was kind of the disconnect. I think he wanted to week, win week 17. I would not put a pass if there was a tell-all book that came out years, you know, a year, five years, 10 years later that Doug wanted to keep Jalen Hurts in the game. Forget about the, the pass. Forget about the Wentz stuff. Forget about the Jeffrey Lur or the uh, Howie Roseman drafts. But look at, take a look at week 17. I bet that Doug Peterson wanted to keep Jalen Hurts in against the Washington football team and win that game. I bet there was a bug in his ear forcibly to do that from the upper ups that are going to be there next year when Doug is not. They will be drafting six instead of nine with Doug. Just like how he wanted to win now and they wanted to win later. Right. I think, I was listening to WIP uh, down here in Florida. I was streaming it. One of the uh, beat writers came on and Angela Cataldi asked him, how do you feel after watching that 45 minute press conference from Jeffrey Lurie? And the guy paused for probably three, four, five seconds. Dirty, dirty, just dirty, like gross. Just there was no direct answers throughout the entire thing. He mentioned a couple pullable quotes where he said that they have about five potential GM candidates up there in Philadelphia. They don't have one. They don't have one guy running the helm, let alone five. How do you have five brainiacs there? looking to design a football team when, when, when the guy in charge can't, I bet Howie, Ro do you think Howie Roseman has dirt with Jeffrey Lurie? They, those guys are peas in a pod because I feel like they're never going to be separable. Past six, seven years of not being able to draft. The guy won you a Super Bowl three years ago, three years ago. Do you know how hard it is to find a good coach in the national football league? That's why I want the Steelers to never get rid of Mike Tomlin, at least for the foreseeable future. He hasn't had a losing record. Obviously Doug had a losing record this year, but he was given he was building a skyscraper out of Legos. That's a great method to, you know, a great metaphor to say, because no matter how good, no matter how well you try to establish what you have, Augusta wind will take you right down. He's going to land on his feet. He's going to find another great job. There's a ton of spots open. Honestly, I don't know if he's looking for the West coast, but the San Diego position is probably the most admirable spot with Justin Herbert at the helm, the New York Jets position has come up in rumors. So we'll be interested to see what the Eagles do upon their head coach hiring. I know that uh, they're interviewing candidates as we speak. Personally, I feel like they should go out of house. Um, I feel like, it, you know, if you want to switch up an organization, you really have to go out of house for that, you know, other mindset. The guys in, in the coaching room already, are kind of maybe set in their ways. So if they really want, if they really want to do this, if they're going to, you know, fire Doug Peterson, you go out of house. And now this is a perfect segue to bring on a longtime FP member, hardcore Eagles fan. I want to hear your opinion, Bryce. Welcome to the Free Parking Podcast. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, man, and it's so good to be back. What uh, perfect timing! Been... What 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 joyous times oh, for you to be back. There, I, there I... Is... I hope so you're fired up. I hope it's all festered up. You know, you've been oh. in group chats. You've been oh. seeing people in Wawa talking to them as you get your coffee. Oh, yeah. Now I want to hear it. You got the floor. 
Doug Peterson gone, Eagles, shambles, mess of a franchise. Who's the quarterback? Why aren't they wearing Kelly Green? Give me it all. I mean, wow. This is what a great time to be back, honestly. I'm glad I'm back. But just the, the thoughts that have gone through my head in the past month, the whole season, really, because I mean, what a disaster of a season. But when it comes down to it, you want to talk about the firing of Doug Peterson. I, I don't know. I had such such mixed emotions about him being gone. Uh, he's the first one to bring us a Super Bowl. So, I mean, how can you get rid of something that good? But at the same time, it turns out they're saying that Carson Wentz is staying, or at least probably staying. Who knows what the reports are coming right. out of all these Phillies reporters. That's one of the most pain in the uh, butt things is the fact that the Philly uh, media is just always trying for an agenda, right. trying to get clickbait types things. Right. And it's just – what can you really believe, honestly? But uh, if Wentz is staying, I think that's a good thing. I do, because uh, Jalen Hurts, I did like the spark. He brought the team, but there wasn't 100% where you can say you can go ahead with this guy. You, this, this is not a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And franchise quarterback, oh, my goodness, that is so valuable in the NFL. I mean, don't even get me started on that, man. It's, you're actually dealing with that, too, because, unfortunately, Ben looks like he might be done. Mm-hmm. Maybe one more year, probably mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. But he gave you such – I mean, just absolute fucking uh, consistency for, exactly. for 15 years. For, for so 15 long. Years. You, like, like head coaches, though, like I've had, we've had the blessing with Mike Tomlin. The consistency is there. And I, the quarterbacks have bad years, not to get too deep into the Jalen, Jalen Carson stuff, but they have bad years. Right. How much, how much of it do you think Bryce was, was upon? I heard some reports that uh, the hiring of assistant coaches this is one thing we didn't talk about earlier with the hiring of assistant coaches and position coaches was actually under the possession of Howie Roseman, not Doug Peterson. Somebody equated it to my job most, most recently. It's like somebody hiring all the people I like all the vendors I work with, the people like not, not coworkers cause you have to work with them, but vendors that I work with and making me, you know, gel with them. hundred percent. I mean, that, that's a huge part of being the head coach is you have to work it from the top down. I mean, yes. It's yes. everything. Yes. It's not just the players. You can't just give them whoever you want on the roster. I mean, sure. You have a scheme. You have a defensive, offensive, whatever. I mean, Peterson wanted to be the head of the offense, so we had Swartz on the defense, which is fine. There are two separate things. Yeah. But I mean, there's just too much there for him to really. Jeffrey Lurie's whole outlook on this entire thing, Bryce. I'm sure you listened to that interview the other day where he defended Howie Roseman time after time. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think, honestly, is it possible for Jeffrey Lurie to be removed from that position? That's a great no, question. No, I mean, he's the, he's the owner. Exactly, he's the he's owner. The so owner. it seems like he's in total control. And if you can't stop him and he's sitting there saying that Howie Roseman isn't doing anything wrong, when you look at the past how many drafts, seven years, how many Pro Bowlers have he, has he drafted? I think it's one and it's Carson Wentz. And he, we almost lost him. We, he was about to be gone. He, he, the, you know, the rumors of him being gone. So are we stuck in this void of Jeffrey Lurie thinking he knows what he is doing and defending the wrong people? Dude, he doesn't even he does. think he knows what he's doing. He doesn't even defend the wrong people. He, he came out saying that he doesn't have any impact on – he doesn't have any impact on the roster. That is the biggest lie out of this entire thing is that Jeffrey Lewis have the impact on the roster. Are you kidding me? You're the guy writing all the paychecks. I heard that he, his car is at the practice facility every single day. Don't come and tell me 
that yeah. you don't have a, an impact on this roster because you had an impact on this coaching firing decision. And really, <laughs> we sent the meme out in, in our group chat earlier this week. You, you know, the, um, the Avengers, the, the Avengers, what did it cost you? Everything. As yeah. in, um, what did it cost you to, to keep Carson Wentz? And it was Doug Peterson. Do you, do you think that that was the divide there? Is that it was one or the other? And do you think that Jeffrey Lurie even wants to keep Carson Wentz, but he has to because he tried to, tr- tried to trade him in the past couple of weeks and that contract through 2025 is too great to move. Do you think that could be a possibility? Because quarterbacks don't move that often. Coaches can get fired at will. Is, is that one take that, you know, we got to try to make this work. I know Doug and him, both sides won't make it work. Is that the play? Uh, I mean, honestly, who knows? It's tough. Honestly, they I would say, I, Deaver, personally for me, I would say that Jeffrey Lurie is stuck with Carson Wentz's contract. Right. Jeffrey Lurie doesn't, Jeffrey Lurie doesn't like everything that's going on right now whether he thinks how he's right or wrong. He doesn't like anything. He didn't want Doug. He didn't, he doesn't like Carson because of all that money and how poorly Carson played this year. Deves, without further ado, this team is not going to be good for a long time, no matter if Carson has another MVP season next year or not, because he's still not throwing anybody who can catch the ball. He's still not getting defended properly on that offensive line. It deeps. It's just, it's just a domino effect. And with Doug Peterson gone, what are they going to get? The San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator. Oh, it's exactly what they need as their head coach. Oh, who's their oh. offense. Oh, how about let's yeah. try the experiment again, getting a, getting a top tier college coach. Let's try that experiment like, again. How about that? On. I'd love to see how that works out. Let's get some common sense here. Novacare. Let's get yep. some common sense here, baby. Can you imagine if fans were allowed inside the link this year? Could you imagine Honestly, as a season ticket holder here, let's get that perspective. The end of the season uh, would have absolutely gone ugly. The the last game against the Giants was home, correct? uh, Washington football team, yep. Oh, okay. That was for the Giants to get in against Washington. Yes, yes, yes. Where they apparently, you know, threw the game. But, uh, no, that would have been bad because everyone in 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 the stands at that point would have been, at the end of that game, drunk, you know, not caring about the future of the actual team. Because I would not have been there at that point. Last game of the season, I wouldn't have been there. And yeah. I'm actually here for the future of the team. And those people in there would have been, whew, it would have been ugly. Let me tell you that. I wonder if the decision-making throughout the year would have changed if fans were there. Uh, probably not, because he's already hearing it from the media every single every single week on WIP. And, 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 Steve's, and, Steve's, it absolutely would you, not have happened. if it, Right? Godfeld would not have stepped on that field if that there were 68,000 Eagles fans in that stadium. And even backwards, like the Jalen Hurts stuff, Carson's poor play. I mean, just keep going backwards. I, I think things may have changed sooner. I'm not, I'm not sure. 68,000 yeah. absolute Philadelphia bullies in that Eagles stadium. Yeah. You even think about putting Nate Sudfeld on the field in a three-point game with all those people watching – you should expect that field to be filled with soft pretzels, oh. cheese steaks, and empty bat- beer cans. Bro. And batteries. And batteries. And, yeah. And, and snowballs, bro. Snowballs of Santa Claus. I mean, everything, dude. I, there's no way. I completely agree with you, Deeves. There's no way that move would have happened if there was fans there. Well, we like to put, you know, put a little diversity on this podcast. I know we, we're not a strict Philadelphia Eagles podcast, but even in this, you know, exciting NFL playoff season, we keep coming up and talking about them. I know we're going to be talking about the team for the next couple of weeks who they're going to be picking as their uh, next head coach at the helm to bring them the second Super Bowl ever after the guy just won it three years ago. 
But segue into another Philadelphia sports connection. Bryce, you want to talk about uh, the big news that happened in the NBA today. We didn't bring it up because we were diving in football heavy. James Harden traded to the Brooklyn Nets and you possibly wanted to see him on the Sixers. Uh, I was thinking about it. First of all, today there was so much anticipation. It was kind of crazy how it was building up. Like he made that statement, I don't know, a day or two ago to the media after a game that he wants out officially. He was like, he was done with it. And so today you could tell they were trying to get a deal done. And it's just, first of all, it's crazy that he's on the Brooklyn Nets with uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, what's his name? Snake? Uh, Kevin Durant. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Okay. So, I mean, just think about those two on a team, first of all. They're all on the same team. That that's actually kind of crazy. Talk about super teams in the NBA. That all right, I'll get there. But, uh, anyway, the connection that I made is when it was the same kind of anticipation. You know, you hear about Doug Peterson having meetings. You hear about the Houston Rockets and the Philadelphia Sixers talking. And at the same time, I, I could see myself on both sides of it of Doug Peterson still being on the team, Doug Peterson being fired, us trading for James Harden and getting rid of Simmons, and us not getting rid of Simmons and Maxi. They wanted Maxi, and I, when I heard that too, I was like. I don't know, man. I really like Maxi, And it was just, I don't know. It was mess. I, I didn't know. I had mixed emotions throughout the whole t- whole thing. And in the end, I, I my heart was happy when we kept Ben Simmons and Maxi. Especially yeah. when I saw the, the price, not even Ben Simmons and Maxi, but the price right. that... Uh, How many first rounders? Four yeah. first round picks. Four first round picks? What a, what, a, what a bogus dude they need a salary cap is what the nba needs oh, they need a salary cap and honestly james harden man let's let this sixers team marinate for a bit i i you know that's that's just like the eagles that's just like all these all these teams man let them marinate a little bit let these guys get some wings under them let them you know let them play together for the first time for a couple of years i mean i really like the new look sixers and i'm actually shocked of how fast they turned that team around from from last year yeah let's let these guys cook a little bit maybe ben simmons is stepping in on his own just like Carson Wentz may, you know, possibly should. They gave it a shot with Brett Brown. Now we're on the Doc Rivers experiment. They really didn't give it a shot with Doug Peterson. If we want, we want to keep making the comparisons from from both four teams. Well, the problem is the difference is that the Sixers actually hired a new GM. So the, that GM, the immediate moves. It's actually crazy what the Sixers did in such a short amount of time with Daryl Morey insanity yep. i mean they got rid of the horford contract thank how? god how got rid of richardson who was such a frustrating offensive player to watch the defense was always decent but then they bring in shooters like danny green and seth curry they're drafted very well with maxi yeah. obviously he looks like a huge score he scored 39 points they were shorthanded so he had to but the fact that you can put that up with over 50 percent uh field goal percentage i mean it's it's a night and day from last year to this year and i seriously have confidence in them whether they made that trade or not. So I, I trust in Simmons. He needs to be a little more aggressive on offense, but, you know, I have trust in the Sixers. Trust the process, you know what I mean? I do have a question for you, Bryce, with the with your Philadelphia 76ers here. At what point in Ben Simmons' career, could you tell me what year is he? What what year is he now? I think it's technically his fourth, but okay. his third playing, or is it fifth? Okay, I, let's call it fifth year, fourth playing, right? I'm not 100% sure. Let's just call it in that ballpark. No more than five years, but let's say, let's call it his fourth year. Right. In his fourth year, at what point do we give Ben Sim- or you know stop giving Ben Simmons the benefit of the doubt and just call it how we see it and just say the guy doesn't have any hope to get a to get a shot in his game? Right, and then I understand that you. Uh, at what point do we draw the line? Bro? It's it's very soon. 
Okay. Trust me, it's very soon. Okay. But uh, I think you need to look at someone like Giannis, who is now uh, MVP candidate every season. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he did his first four seasons? You probably didn't even know who he was. I did not. I mean, you have to give him time. It's the NBA. People don't win titles in their first three years. It doesn't happen. It really doesn't. You know, they can change teams and bring them to the playoffs, but Simmons and Embiid did. They just need to grow, and they, they need to take that next step, and they have to because especially last year they got swept. I know I think Simmons was out last year in the playoffs, but you need to give him a chance. I'd give him one or two more years. One more year for sure, but yeah. at that point, if if he doesn't even attempt to be more aggressive, then after this year you need to really either force him or, yeah, get rid of him. That's fine. There you have it. Let's let's keep the receipt on that one, Dees. As a true Philadelphia 76ers fan sitting here right behind me. In yeah, a very true. A little warmer there. One to two more years, Steve, on Ben Simmons. You brought up a perfect point. You both are rocking the orange and black. Back in action tonight. We'll leave the basketball talk aside because this is what gets me excited. What did the ref say? What did the ref say when he dropped the puck tonight for the first NHL game of the 2021 season? Let's have a great battle. Let's have a great battle. Let's have a great battle. And we're going to have great battles all season long. We've been talking about the divisions reformatted. We're only playing the East now, which includes the Penguins for a total of eight times. The Flyers played the Penguins earlier uh, today before we recorded the podcast. Got the W. And we'll see Big them. one. And we'll see them seven more times this season, which is kind of insane to think about. Now, I didn't want to say this earlier, Dees, because I don't want to be that guy but I'm about to be that guy in all of my text message exchanges. I said, I hate the penguins with all my heart. I can't stand them. I don't like them more than the Cowboys. Steve's one of the biggest reasons I don't like them is because I hate seeing them on the other side of the ice from the orange and black. Really? I just hate seeing them. I I'm terrified to play the penguins a lot because of, I, because of basically the PTSD. one play Sidney Crosby had tonight. Yeah, I think it's a lot of PTSD. It's a different Penguins team. It's a different Dude. Penguins team. They have been different Penguins teams. I think Do you feel of... me though? You guys feel me on that? You know what I mean? You know what? Uh, no, I, they don't bother. You know, they don't bother me like that. They more get up. I get up for them. On what, what I thought you were getting at was that every Batman needs a Joker, or every Joker needs a Batman, and I feel like that's what this is. It's it's that bitter rival that anytime you get an opportunity to play them. More people watch, more people buy beer, more people are in the stands, more people, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everybody builds up to these moments. Just like today, we were on national television, right? This game is like your primetime Wednesday night hockey or your Sunday afternoon game. That's what we're going to get seven more times. Give it to me, especially with the Penguins having a a different look roster, four new defensemen on the back end behind uh, Latang and Dumoulin. Uh, Crosby's kind of out there on his own other than uh, Malkin. They always find a good cast of characters in the mix. And we've seen that Christian Jari – um can do it uh the penguins goal, starting goaltender but also i feel like we kind of have had their number in the past couple of years and we can get their number i feel like it's a kind of a spurty momentum type thing where they have our number they win four games in a season you know i i think we we could get their number quick here and pull out a, a dominant season series against the penguins being you know six two so i get up for them yeah, and I, I like that, Deaver. Uh, I think one of our first memories, maybe not our first, but one of our true memories, we were at a playoff game. What year was that? 2010? 11? <laughs> 11? 11? Maybe East, 11. Eastern Conference semifinals, Eastern Conference yeah. quarterfinals against the Pittsburgh yeah, Penguins, 8-4. to Flyers Penguins game, and, I mean, before we even stepped in the stadium, you should have seen what was going on in the parking lot. 
I don't even yeah. know if I can say what was going on in the parking lot, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what was going on in the parking lot. We <laughs> bought a shirt on the front that said Crosby sucks, and on the back of it said Malkin blows, and I still yeah. have it to this yeah. day. I will yeah. never get rid of that shirt. The best part about that shirt is we walked right in with it, and we went. We didn't go to see the Flyers warm up. We went to the Penguins side. Yes. And we had these shirts, and we made sure that we had two different sides up, too. So one yeah. said Sydney, one said Malkin, right? And literally, we were up there, and we actually had Flyers, like, workers come and tell us to take it down. The Flyers workers walk away, and every other Flyers fan was like, yo, put that back up right now. <laughs> that guy must have became a thousandaire in the parking lot that day because we, Dude, we were, oh. what, we were, we were 16, 15 years old. 15, probably, yeah, it was. Dude, we never sucked a blow in our, got a blow in our lives. <laughs> we were, we were like, I think we get it, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, but that's what that matchup is. Exactly. That was one of the best games I've ever been to. It's on my top three of all time. Uh, that entire playoff series. And that just, it hasn't been what it has been in the past due to, due to competitiveness right. and guys moving in and out. And really the hatred has kind of come out of the rival, rivalry a little bit. But a lot of the big names are there and, and the two captains are still there. And when the orange and black plays the black and yellow, there's not a lot of love loss. And I think we're, you know, moving into another, another stage in that rivalry. So uh, exciting contest tonight, got the dub exciting to see some young players and some new players step up and get points, right? Joel Farabee had a fantastic yes. game, Boston university product. And then Eric Gustafs- Gustafson, uh, former flyer, now current flyer. He was on the Flyers. Are you he sure? was on the Flyers. I had this conversation I, earlier, dude. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was on the Flyers. Like one of his first couple years. Eric Gustafson's? No, that that is him. That is him. He was a young. He was young buck then. Now he's the the old was the old steer. Uh, so did we draft him? Yeah, I believe so. Like young, young. Yeah. Because I was literally like researching this during the game. Yeah. And the results were not coming back to that. I thought they were two different players. No, they were skewed. They only showed the his first four years in the Flyers. And they showed a totally different profile. I don't know why, but this is a second stint with the team. And one thing, if you want to talk about the Flyers, is the Eric Eric Gustafson, tough to say the name, and the Shane Gossespierre comparison. A lot of people on Twitter, when the, when the acquisition first happened, were talking about Gustafson being the clone of Shane Gossespierre. And obviously, he's had some poor years in the past couple of years, but short, good footwork, offensive defenseman, um, and good slapper unfortunately for Gossespierre, he's out right now with COVID protocol for a little bit. Gossespierre gets a spot in the lineup, puts a couple points on the board. We were given Shane a second chance here this year. Not really a second chance, but like he's been in the rumor mill for a little bit now. Gossespierre came in and, and kind of, you know, got the jump start on his spot, I would say, tonight with a clone type player. They're, they're playing similar minutes, similar type game. Interesting, interesting for sure. I think with this Flyers team right now, Deaver, that you insert anybody into that Gustafson Gossespierre spot because the team as a whole is so good position by position, everybody around them plays better. I do firmly believe if Gossespierre was in there tonight, I'm sure he would have played a very similar game because of the other good players on the ice surrounding him. I mean, look at Nolan Patrick. The guy hasn't played an NHL game in basically a year comes in, gets a deflection, gets a goal because of the good players surrounding him that got him into that position to do that. So I'm not discounting ghost. I have a ghost uh, Jersey. So I love the guy. Um, And I, I I would hope that they were all able to play together, man, because this team is so exciting. You know, you don't want to discount any of your boys out of the squad right now. You mentioned it. It was one thing that the Flyers lacked last season. It was some personnel. Nolan Patrick, his last NHL game was 
April of 2019. So we are now two calendar years behind. I mean, obviously probably what, 400 or 500 days, not two full years. Um, but the insertion of Nolan Patrick back in the lineup after his uh, long stint with migraines, I believe it was, it, was, it was migraines that he was dealing with, which God bless him. And God bless him again, Oscar Lindblom being back, you know, full health back in the lineup. We saw him for the playoffs for a brief stint there. But to see these guys that they've drafted and now they're four lines deep, I mean, they might be the best four lines in hockey. They might be, they're, they're, they're some of the best four lines in hockey. Maybe not top end, top skill, but like if you're on NHL, I'm picturing like logging into the game right now and you're picking the Flyers, like all of their lines are from like an 83 overall to like a 92. <laughs> Where like other teams have like a 97 overall line and then a 76 overall line. You know what I'm saying? So they're pretty stacked through the, throughout their court. Their centers, which we've had troubles with in the past, I don't know, five, 10 years, the bad years of the Flyers, I would say. All four of them, studs. All four of them, studs. You got Claude Drew playing on the second line because you got Sean Couturier playing the first. <laughs> it's definitely going to be such an exciting year, Deeves. I'm so fired up about the Flyers. Bryce, I appreciate you swinging on here, man, to come and talk with us. Actually, I have one more before Let's go. Bryce leaves. Let's We're going to wrap up the entire podcast with Bryce because I want to tell you this. I didn't tell you it live. Um, the national championship game, last topic of the pod. The <laughs> national championship game was on Monday. What a fantastic weekend in sports, huh? You know, two, two wild cards. My boys lose. Oh, you know, that sucked. Natty Champ, Flyers first game today. Uh, so the national championship game, we have Alabama versus Ohio State. The names that are always there. Bryce has been rolling in the DraftKings account. He's been roll, I mean, rolling pretty much like stealing Adam Silver's money from the NBA and, and whoever owns DraftKings. So he's rolling over, rolling over, rolling over, and he needs to make a pick for the national championship game. And who do you go with? Just, just give me, just give me the two big bets. Who, who'd you go with? So I, I rode with Ohio State. I really did. I, I love the odds. Go yeah. Bucks, baby. Uh, you know, Alabama obviously, as we saw, was a much better team, which is why the odds were there. But I thought Justin Fields and that offense could be dynamic enough to keep up with them. And it just wasn't true. The Alabama defense was a little too powerful. And so basically I, I hit the uh, Ohio State money line as well as the spread. Neither hit. And uh, luckily, let, let me just say this. Luckily, I took some money out last week before I started betting this weekend. Very good. Very, <laughs> good, man. Very good. No, especially after that Clemson game, man, you really thought they had a shot. Um and Alabama playing a much inferior opponent in, right? It was Alabama played Notre Dame. Do I have it wrong? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And a much inferior opponent in Notre Dame. Um, the one thing that I wanted to mention, though, is I didn't tell you this, is earlier in the day, I knew you had this bet, like, for, I don't know how long you placed it, four days before the national championship game, or you were talking about Ohio State. I knew you had a lot of money on it, and I'm not a big unit better, but I like to throw money at, you know, these big marquee games. Earlier in the day, first thing I roll out of bed, shot a text to the group chat, Alabama minus 11, Alabama minus 14. And I, I was eight o'clock, kickoff 830. I text Nate, Fundy, and a couple other guys, Kevin, to throw me in a bet for like small units. Like I'm talking 30, 40 bucks I wanted to put on these guys just because I, I wanted the alt spread of Alabama minus, minus 13 and a half. And I was inches away from placing it. And I said, you know what? I... I that's messed up. I can't root against Bryce, especially when he has like much more units on the line. So I was rooting for Ohio State the entire time. I did not place money on Alabama, but let's just say I called the minus 13 and a half. So give me that clap on the back. If you won, uh, Fundy said I should have asked you for some coin off of it because, you know, my, I think I won 70 bucks on the spread bet. So we both lost that night. Um, hey, so, yeah, we go down that. together. We go down together. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 
Anybody on the Alabama? I mean, take your pick. Last last question. Anybody on the Alabama team that you'd love to see on the Philadelphia Eagles? Because you're picking right there at six. Okay. Oh, you you, you have your pick. You have your pick. That's not a question. Yes, it no, is. The left Devonta tackle. Devonta Smith. The left tackle. No. The left Devonta tackle. Devonta Smith. Dude, I'm out on Devonta Smith. I want the left tackle. You're out on Devonta Smith. He was a Heisman Trophy winner, and he had three touchdowns and 250 yards before. Dude, that, that dude's a matter. freak. He's a freak. How about, about the guy who hasn't let up a sack in like 284 consecutive snaps, dude? See, what better guy for Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? We have an O-line already. Dude. <laughs> We have a Swiss cheese for an O-line Yeah, because right three of them were hurt. It depends. If Jason Kelsey isn't coming back, then maybe. But if not, we have – we found out that Jordan Mailata is a reliable left tackle. We have Johnson and Brooks coming back. If Kelsey comes back, only needs a left guard who Herbrig did a great job this year. I want the left tackle. I'm just going to say, if we were talking Eagles needs, we'd be on here all if, night. The if they do not draft a wide position or a cornerback, then I will – I'll still be an Eagles fan, but <laughs> there will be huge consequences. <laughs> Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. A couple of quick announcements here as we wrap up the podcast. Uh, YouTube channel's back firing up. We got all of our episodes recorded. If you listen to the audio version, you want the video version fully on YouTube every single week, including the hot corner, which is Fundy and CJ's and or Johnny's. I'm not sure which name he likes to go by best. Uh, sports betting podcast. Uh, we don't advise you to take the picks. We don't advise you to take the picks, but just listen to their banter. Listen to how they kind of figure out who they're going with. Um, and, uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button while you're at it, please. We love you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Go Flyers.